Are you tired of playing the same old games over and over again? Are you looking to spice up your game night with creative new ideas? Look no further because we're here to add some excitement back into your game night. We'll even show you how to take your love of games outside the confines of the living room. We're your hosts, Lauren and Greg, and Friday is game night. Happy Friday, everyone! In this episode, we're going digital with our games. First, we'll discuss board games that incorporate apps or AI like Alexa into their gameplay. For our dice roll, we have a few games that you can enjoy playing with your kids. Then we go on our first completely remote live escape room adventure. And of course, we'll talk our Friday favorites. Boop. Lauren, find games to play with Alexa. Before we do that, Greg, we need to talk about what we're each bringing to game night. Boop. Lauren, Greg forgot that part. What are you bringing to game night? <laughs> um, well, I think I'm bringing to game night another podcast. Um, we recently were asked to join some friends in a new podcast venture called uh, Moral Combat. And um, so you can go out and you can find that at Moral Combat Pod on all of social media. Um, and we've been having fun with that. It's it's kind of interesting for us because it's the first weekly podcast we've been involved in, but a little bit less um, work on our, our part because we don't have to do all the editing and all the social media stuff. Um, our friend who kind of is headed up and came up with the idea he's doing that so we get to kind of just sit back and be participants but the purpose of that podcast is essentially we um, take a subject and we have kind of a draft that we then put up against one another and argue um, the different picks and choices yeah but then at the end of the podcast we don't actually our votes don't matter even though we've argued for them and made our votes um, it's completely up to the audience to choose the winners. So right now, if you head over there, you'll see we have been discussing uh, Pixar villains, mm-hmm. um, which has been fun. We're almost done with that. We're very curious to see who wins. Right. And out of which um, many great points have been made by myself. <laughs> yes. Um, and then we are about to start into a new topic, um, which is going to be um, TV shows. Uh, 90s uh, sitcoms or no 2000 sitcoms sitcoms. yeah Um, and I'm looking forward to that one more so Um, it's a little bit more in my realm than Pixar villains were Yeah. so I'll have I think a little bit more to talk about (laughs) you were so upset because we have rules as to what counts as a being from that decade Mm -hmm. and when you found out Parks and Rec did not meet those qualifications you were like well that goes my number one pick (laughs) not my number one my number two actually but still still, yeah still it it definitely um, is weeding down my list a little bit but it's been a fun venture and it's I definitely recommend our listeners go check it out Um, be warned though it's not as family friendly as this podcast is oh no Um, oh no but I think it you know I, I think we cover a lot of topics that those of us who are in our 20s and 30s and even 40s will, you know, want to join in on because, mm-hmm. um, you know, we all have probably similar or different opinions on 90s and 2000s TV shows. And we've got lots of other great topics coming up. So that's what I'm bringing to game night. What about you? I am bringing 3D printed materials. <laughs> I've been really fascinated with um, all sorts of little like tools and extra doodads you could have along with games, mm-hmm. you know? Um, one of the first things that we got was from our friend at Unknown Fear Creations where he gave us a replica 
or remake rather of the cauldron from Villainous. Yeah. But not this cheap plastic cube. They give you yeah. a nice solid. <laughs> it looks it like if you just saw it, it looks identical. But when you pick it up and touch it, that's when you realize the difference. Also, though, like he did it for us because he can choose like what color ink mm-hmm. you do it. I guess ink is the right term. I don't know. But <laughs> what color material? What I color guess. plastic, essentially? I'm sure. I'm going to say ink a lot, I know, because I'm thinking printing. Uh, yeah. He can choose what color ink you do, but he did a black for us. And it mm-hmm. looks much better than this kind of like purple stone kind of look that they have is for it like purple or gray i thought it was gray i, I kind of like purpley gray i thought it oh. was you know but anyways this the gray like plasticky one they give you it doesn't look as intimidating and cool mm-hmm. as the black one because the box itself is like the dark lime green yeah. and black so mm-hmm. it should have been like that you know yeah yeah it's definitely if you if you've owned a copy of villainous you know what we mean by the called the cheap cauldron that they give you it's right. it's so flimsy it, they could have done such a better job and his cauldron not only is it like this nice sturdy solid cauldron mm. it fits perfectly in the box like you can just throw the other one away and never miss it again the other uh things that we've gotten is we've gotten these little like bowls with spouts on them so you can hold tokens and then pour them back in the bag easily (laughs) though the one i'm especially happy and proud with and it's so minor Mm -hmm. but um for christmas you got me the legendary game james bond Mm -hmm. and they have a tracker there for like danger level and if it goes up so high you lose yeah but in the game they gave you nothing to keep track of that with you just have to kind of remember like oh i'm at a three out of seven now Mm -hmm. so what i did was i i um commissioned a custom creation from unknown fear creations where i gave him the picture of the specter logo the kind of octopus looking logo Uh And I said, can you make this, make it about the size of a quarter? It doesn't have to be super thick either, but pretty Mm -hmm. much quarter size. And then, you know, give it some depth there so I can paint part of it white and leave the other part black. And he, perfect job, you know? And so... Yeah, it looks like it... it like came with it like i didn't yeah. know when i walked in that it didn't until you told yeah, me so um so we put a picture of how it looks online and with yeah. the game onto our social media so take a look there yeah. but um yeah he he's really good as long as you give him enough detail for what you want he's able mm-hmm. to create and great things. a lot of these things he sells on his etsy page he not only does he sell a lot of really cool upgrades for um wingspan which is a popular one mm-hmm. um he also does ones for um the harry potter um, Battle oh, of Hogwarts. That's right. He, that's we a also one. did get from him um, a whole set of like special holders mm-hmm. for the Harry Potter thing. Like, you know, like places to put the cards, places to put the little um, skull tokens, you yeah. know, all, all this stuff. So like everything now has like a nice little kind of bucket it almost sits mm-hmm. in buckets the, not the right term but you know what I mean. <laughs> nice little holder it sits in yeah so the cards don't like go flying all over the table mm-hmm. it, it keeps it very organized and for someone with a little bit of ocd that helps <laughs> you know okay but let's talk about um how we are expanding our gaming options not only through 3d printing but through using digital add-ons to our games Ba-doop. alexa begin main topic goody this episode is all about me I'm so happy for all the attention. Um, so recently I had heard that one of our favorite games, one of which we own a million expansions of, uh, Ticket to Ride, we, I heard that they had released a way that you could play this with um, Alexa. And we actually had re- recently got an Alexa um, that we use kind of mostly to control our lights and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Really, I wanted to research and find out more about, well, how... 
how does this work? Because it seems like there's a lot of opportunity there, right? If games can incorporate with things like Alexa. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, namely, one of the things that Ticket to Ride does is Alexa will teach you how to play the game. Which is fantastic because we've talked about it before. Some rules, just the way that they're written, mm-hmm. not everyone's going to understand that. Yeah. And Ticket to Ride does do a great job of trying to put a universal, like, non-linguistic rules on the board you know it just shows a picture of like two trains yeah and then this and then like it's it's um pictograms mm-hmm. that's the what i was looking for they try to do pictograms whenever they can so they don't have to write a language it's yeah. just there and i mean the rules aren't difficult no. but at the same time reading rule books is just not everybody's thing mm-hmm. um and also for a lot of people who may be picking up ticket to ride who aren't like huge board gamers um, they might not realize that there's tons of YouTube videos out there also that teach people right. how to play games. Um, but something that is very common now is to own things like Alexa. Mm-hmm. So the fact that she can now teach you how to play the game. Um, it's and pretty cool. she kind of teaches you like as you're going too. So it's not just this dump of rules where she's like, okay, did you catch all that? Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing that she can do with Ticket to Ride um, is she can, and I call her she, I don't, I know well, it's the a, name it, is Alexa has a female voice. Yeah, I, I mean, like I know a it's, ship. A, it's, it's a thing, name and a right? Um, but Alexa will also keep score for you. Which is fantastic because there's so many times where, you know, as diligent of a scorekeeper as I try to be, mm-hmm. I'd be like, did I, did I miss a score? Yeah. You know, I feel like I didn't, I didn't write down Lawrence for train Lang right there. Mm-hmm. So then I had to go back, count through all of it again. Well, you can just tell her, like, Alexa, what's the score? And she'll just read it out to you and you go, okay, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and even more interesting is she can act as another player, mm-hmm. which can be interesting, one, if you want to play this solo, which, you know, maybe right now you're in quarantine and right. you can't get out with your gaming group, you can play um, Alexa can come in as another player. Or like we did where there was two of us and she played as our third player. Right. The only thing that's kind of, funny slash annoying about mm-hmm. it is she kind of feels like that friend who's always on their phone you're like alexa it's your turn <laughs> yeah because you have to tell her when it's your turn um it is a little odd because she pulls from her own deck of train cars which i say she cheats I, yeah greg kept being like well how do we know she's how not we, cheating and how, stuff and i'm like i don't she, think they programmed her to yo, cheat greg i mean if she told me i have a white and a yellow card that'd be like okay but she, for all i know she's pulling nothing but rainbows yeah it's i not, know right it's not cool um the one thing I did find a little bit annoying, I don't really mind that she has her own train cars. Um, and it is interesting because she'll put down stuff and then she'll be, it'll get to her turn again and you'll just hear her take cards instead, right. you know? So that, I thought that was interesting. But um, she also takes route cards, but she takes the route cards from your deck of right. route cards. And you have to read her the routes, which of course lets everybody know what routes she might have, although you don't know which one she's picked. Right, but the thing is that those three routes are then essentially removed from the game. Regardless if she picked them or not. And yeah. You don't know, yeah, you don't know which ones that she and did. And that or... definitely cut down on the number of routes we had available to us. Right. You know? But it was interesting because since that has to be face-up for her because you have to tell her what cards mm-hmm. were pulled, you then at least have a vague idea of what she's trying to do. But yeah, in our both of our games that we played with her were fairly high-scoring games mm-hmm. um, where we did take a lot of routes. And so that definitely was kind of a, a difficulty because she um, took up some of those routes that we could have taken. You know, that, right. that deck got kind of low. Um, the other kind of difficulty is, is that 
and difficulty and, and you know it's good and bad you can't cheat with alexa essentially with not cheating <laughs> playing by house rules yeah well okay so we had a couple of issues that came up and i should say that the um alexa supports the base ticket to ride of ticket to ride america the very first one and the base europe and the base ticket to ride europe so the, those two kind of originals mm. that's what it, it supports it doesn't support any of the other maps or anything yet um, Nor does it support the ticket expansions of 1910 or 1912 that yeah. you might get. So the first issue we came up against was we didn't realize that when you... So when you just play for two with two people, you can't take up any of those double routes. No. We, we knew that. But we thought once you had three people, you could. And apparently what we didn't realize was that was some house rule that we've developed that we didn't even realize we had developed. Mm-hmm. We thought that was the rule. Um, and so that quickly got in, like, got in our way. You were because... thinking like, oh, I'll get these double routes eventually. Let's build off the tail end of the head end first. Yeah. And that can connect it down the middle. And you're like, I'm going to go from here to here. And Alexa's like, you can't. Yeah. And you, the look on your face was like just sheer terror at the realization of like, I am so in trouble. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Because I didn't, I had, you know, I fully thought, oh, well. I can take that double route. It's no problem. Not worried about it. And then come to find out I couldn't. Um, so that definitely threw a big wrench in my plans. And not, you know, that's kind of what Ticket to Ride is. It's all about, you know, shifting and mm-hmm. coming up with a different route. Um, but when you kind of are so dependent and so used to that, it was kind of a, a shock to me to really suddenly was. not be able to yeah. do that. Um, but other than that, I think I thought it was an interesting experience. I mean, Alexa didn't win, win either time. We both beat her. Yeah, I mean, I think we've played enough that we kind of know what routes are important. We're mm-hmm. getting quickly. Yeah. You know, and she also, competition. She but. also seemed to have kind of a specific play style. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah. Alexa was kind of towards the, I'm going to lay down as quickly as I can get the cards for it. Yeah, exactly. So in the beginning, she was laying a ton of trains. And then for a while, she didn't lay anything because she had to get cards. Right. You know, so she was very much like, put everything down. Okay, now I gotta wait for cards. Put so, so you could kind of like you can kind of base your strategy upon that. Like let her show her hand first, mm-hmm. essentially of like okay, she's going to get this, and as long as she didn't grab anything that was too vital for you, yeah, then you're then make your move. But yeah, I mean, she kind of Alexa kind of had a tell basically, and yeah. we could kind of plan a strategy around her. And we both we only played her twice, but both times we were able to beat her because we kind of quickly were able to see her strategy. I will say also the. One of the big godsends for Alexa doing the scoring for the thing, uh-huh. she automatically tells you who has the longest train at the end. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. So I was like, oh, <laughs> thank you for like not making me count 34 versus 32 cars. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, playing that and, you know, kind of seeing how that actually worked, it did um, make us curious to see, you know, what other games are coming out that do this, mm-hmm. either existing board games that have an Alexa component or, interesting enough, we found that there were some games that actually are are created to be played with Alexa. Like, that you have to have that. Right. Alexa or Google Play, I should say. Some kind of a verbal app. Yeah. Um, so one of the first ones that I had found was a game called um, Saint Noir. And this was supposed to be kind of like a murder mystery, which is right up our alley as right. well. 
I love the noir style. Yeah. The box looks gorgeous. The, the box and it's like, like all the components are black beautiful. with like red and gold neon. Yeah, as like a style. Yeah, and awesome. it has like it's foiled, so it's mm-hmm. actually like gold shiny, kind yeah. of almost coppery. I would say in a well, way. copper. That's the better. Yeah, um, but yeah, the, the board, the box, all the components, really beautiful game. Mm-hmm. Like whoever did the art design with that, did like a they great deserve job. a raise. Yeah, like, it's fantastic. The gameplay. <laughs> the gameplay, not so much. This game actually causes more frustration than fun. <laughs> yeah. Let me let me take it from here. Yeah. You don't mind. Let me take the wheel. Okay, so it's a murder mystery. You have, I believe it's about 10 locations, 10 suspects, and 10 weapons. And it's kind of like Clue. You have to figure out, oh, it's the sheriff in the bar with the rat poison kind mm-hmm. of thing, right? Except to tell the truth, though, you only need to just say it was the sheriff. You don't need to say where or with what, mm-hmm. right? At the beginning of the murder investigation, they tell you, oh, this person was shot. They can't tell you with what kind of weapon, but there's only three guns in the game, so clearly it's whoever had a gun. Mm-hmm. That's just supposed to be a clue to you to find out who did it. The problem is that you have, I believe it's five nights, maybe seven, no, it's seven nights. You have an entire week to find out who the killer is, Mm -hmm. right? And each night of your investigation, because apparently our dude just can't get a cup of coffee into him at all, you only have three things you can do, Mm -hmm. which means including your accusation, you only have 21 turns. Mm -hmm. Now, keep in mind, it is a cooperative thing. So Lord and I are both over the board. Yeah. Just kind of like analyzing and looking and thinking and talking and discussing. And Mm -hmm. then we can finally push our hand to the button and say, you know, Alexa, question the bartender. Mm-hmm. Or Alexa, examine the school. You know, and then we'll get some kind of information. But the problem is, the amount of information that you get from each of these things, unless you happen to strike luckily upon something that gives you a clue, you're not going to get it in time. Because in order for me to go and question a suspect... Every single question I ask them is an entire turn. Mm-hmm. And some of them might be lying to me. Yeah, that's the hard part too. Is the At lying. one point, we caught the the principal in a lie, a direct lie. And we're like, there's no way that he's, you know, that he was there because someone else saw him. So over clearly there. in our minds, okay, he must be the... So then that's it. Why did he lie to us? Caught you in a lie. Yeah. You're done. Right? So we accused him of doing that. And then he essentially said, like, no, it's not me. I was lying to throw you off because I want to show you how much smarter I am than you. Okay, well, then you're going to jail for obstructive justice, dude. Like, you know, you can't, you can't do that. And so the problem is that you're, you're running around trying to f- quickly find a contradiction in the case. But then you have to figure out what the contradiction is and where it is. And also, is this a contradiction that actually points to the murderer or does it not? And the thing that's really kind of cruddy about it is halfway through the week, the detective gives you some flavor text going like, oh, another body was found. It's my fault that this killer got away because I'm just having a sucky week and I'm not doing as good as I normally do. Don't put that on me. (laughs) That's not fair, you know. And they have... The, the good thing about this game, the thing I really love, is the the immersive audio. They have a really good bunch of cast of voice actors 
who each gave their characters depth and personality mm-hmm. that really makes me want to know more. And I want to hear, I would hear a total radio drama with these actors. And then the background music is great. But the problem is none of that matters. None of their personality or character matters. All that matters is that the journalist says that she was at the diner mm-hmm. or that the waitress says that she saw the journalist at the diner. That's all that matters. Everything else is total nonsense, does not matter. And until you find that contradiction and track it down to see is this worth following or not, you're not going to get it. And like I said, there's 10 locations, there's 10 suspects, and you only have essentially 20 questions mm-hmm. or 20 examinations yeah. you can do. So that doesn't help. Mm-hmm. You, you, you're so limited unless you just get lucky and stumble upon it quickly. Mm-hmm. You are totally not going to make this yeah and and the thing is too it's not you know we there's games like um time stories right Mm -hmm. where you're kind of set up to you're not going you're not going to probably beat time stories your first time through granted there wasn't no actually we didn't make it our first time i was gonna say when we were at dice tower we played it and i think we had to play it twice yeah the zombie one i think we had had to play it twice um which is actually still pretty good once again we just sort of stumbled on the right answers that's why um, but you know, this one you could say, okay, well, you're not meant to get it in one go, but the problem is the game is set. It has like three scenarios or something mm-hmm. and it's set up to where it randomizes those. So it's very difficult to like, okay, I want to play that scenario again. Right. Then you can't really do that. Um, so it doesn't really help you that this idea of, okay, well maybe you're not meant to get it in one go. Um, and I just feel like, I feel like you should be able to ask as many questions as you want right? and I go would, wherever you want. Yeah. I thought it would have been better because you have seven nights, mm-hmm. right? And you have all the time in the world to discuss. So I think what it should be is because Alexa can do a built-in timer. Uh-huh. That's not a problem for her yeah. at all. It should be that once a night begins, she should say night one is about to begin. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Yes. 10 minutes starts. Yeah. And then from there, you can go around and ask as many questions as you want. And, mm-hmm. you know, yes, the flavor text of them, like, describing, like, what do you want, Kappa? Like, mm-hmm. that adds on to the time. So you're like, yeah. okay, dude, let's go, let's go. But that would just add to the tension of, like, stop talking, dude. I want to mm-hmm. get your answer, you know? Yeah. And then have, you know, maybe you only can guess one, two, or three times. Right. But the idea that you can only ask those few questions, they, because, like we said, they lie. And they give you contradicting information and you have to constantly be like, okay, well, wait, that guy over there said something different. We need to go back over there and ask him. But now you're wasting more time and and options. Yeah. So I think if it was a timed thing, Mm -hmm. then as we've asked this guy a question, we as the players can quickly like argue about what's our next move Mm -hmm. while the clock is ticking. Yeah. You know, so then it's more into us as to how effective are we as investigators? Because like I said, one of the first ones that they came that we had for the character that we interviewed was this guy who sounded really creepy. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of like, well, like oh, oh, it's always me. We know? don't trust that at all. Mm-hmm. But like I said, that means nothing. His character's nothing. It could have been just Alexa reading me the text in her normal voice. Mm-hmm. And that's as much as meaningful as this guy's performance. And so, yeah, it just, you know, I want it to be that either A, there's clues in what they actually say, mm-hmm. not just the basic facts. Yeah. Like someone would make a slip up mm-hmm. about like, you know, their presentation. Yeah. That would lead me to believe that. Mm-hmm. Or that I could reason out a motive for some reason, you know, because they don't give you anything about the victim other than just an age 
a name and oh they were killed with a blank Mm -hmm. you know but like the age doesn't matter the name doesn't matter the murder weapon kind of matters but only if you find a contradiction that like okay uh stabbing and she was stabbed so it's probably this Mm -hmm. but the rest of it doesn't matter yeah and that's the frustrating part so yeah i think the best way to fix it is give us time limits not Mm -hmm. question limits yeah yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, it, it. the thing is, it was frustrating because it wasn't a good game. And we probably, I don't think we will play it again. No. Um, unless we find out, like, they've done some crazy update or something. Um, but it could have been really good. Oh, it would have been fantastic. Like, it has this great idea and premise behind it. And I, and I see, like, this as being a great future for... Um, those murder mystery dinners mm-hmm. and nights and things like that. Like you could do oh, yeah. some really cool things with that, but the, just the way they executed it, it doesn't really work. It was also kind of a more buggy Alexa than we've ever used. Yeah. Because if we went too long without using it, then like she would drop out and then we had to reset the whole game at one point. Yeah. One time we had a reset. She, they kept getting confused by what we were saying. Um, I mean, one time I did have, um, an ice cream in my mouth, so that might've been why, (laughs) but like, it, it just seemed like it was constant, like this, she didn't understand, she didn't understand. And then suddenly she would restart. Whereas we didn't have those problems with the Alexa, um, ticket to ride. No. Like it worked pretty much seamlessly. The only problems we had is she was being more strict than we are. (laughs) But like, I wanted to love Saint Noir. I I really do. But it's just, it's so critically flawed Mm -hmm. that I can't. It's like you you have those um, analogy of like the beautiful date, mm-hmm. but they treat the waiter like garbage. And yeah. You're like, oh. Yeah. Or like, as we found on our other podcast, Movie Date Night, the movie that you see the trailer of and you're super hyped and then you actually see the film and you're like, this is garbage. That was not what you promised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then we did have another interesting um, Alexa venture mm-hmm. just, just the other night. Um, I found that there was this other game that was created that you solely plays with Alexa. Like it, it was made for this purpose right. and it was called uh, when in Rome and it was supposed to be like a trivia game. Right. And it promised itself to be like, Oh, you can make friends in other countries. And what they mean by that, as I'm, as I understand it is you, it's essentially like a world traveling thing. Mm-hmm. And the goal is to quote, make friends in other parts of the world. Uh-huh. And then I'm sure it's like, they, they probably recorded people from those parts. Like they recorded a uh-huh. native Parisian asking a trivia question, mm-hmm. you know, someone from uh, Johannesburg asking a trivia question. So like you can hear yeah. the accents and you can get to know that culture. Bit uh-huh. more, it know? feels like, um, adult where in the world is Carmen San Diego. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it was very much like that, I think. You uh-huh. know? And it has a really nice like motif that kind of reminded me of like passport stamps mm-hmm. with that kind of art style, but like blown out, you know, yeah. to like a whole map. And it was really beautiful and cute and looked like a lot of fun. But we never got to play it. Why, Lauren? Because when we sat down to play it, the first thing I noticed was, you know, I couldn't find the name of it anywhere in the the store. Because with Alexa, Alexa kind of uses almost like apps, only they call them skills and games. Right. And usually what you do is you type in the name and you, like, have to enable it in order for your Alexa to know what mm-hmm. you want. Um a lot of times they use a QR code that you can just scan. It will take you straight to it. Right. This didn't have any kind of QR code. And I noticed when I was going through the list of skills, I could not find anything called when in Rome. So you and I both had to do some investigation and we found that there used to be a skill called when in Rome. Two years ago. Two years ago, but it no longer is 
works and is not available anymore. And yet they're still selling they're this game. They're still selling the game. In fact, I even saw... So basically what happened is once we found out that this wasn't available and that we literally could not play... Like, you literally can't play the game. Yeah. Like, you, it requires Alexa. There are pieces in the box, but, but they're worthless without it. It would be like playing Monopoly without dice. If yeah. they don't give you dice, you can't do it. Or, you need the dice to move. Or you can't play Monopoly if they didn't give you the cards for the Monopoly. For the property. Yeah, yeah, like if you didn't have those, you, you can't play, right? So I quickly went on because I we hadn't gotten to play it in a while and we bought it. Like I bought it like a good week or two ago. Right. So I went on right away to make sure that I could return it and I was able to return it. Um, but when I was doing that, I saw that it was literally like, oh, only two left. You'll have to wait for more for, you know, if you buy it now can, or you don't buy it yeah. now. And I was just like, how is it that they're still selling this when you literally can't play this game? Right. Like, I don't understand. Um, so definitely I wrote a very, um, angry, uh, review about it and warned people not to buy it because... Was it a family-friendly angry review? It was a family-friendly Okay, so you can go read the review online. <laughs> But yeah, but basically warning people, hey, don't don't buy this. It won't literally won't work for you. And I questioning why it was that they were still selling something that doesn't work. I mean, yeah. I guess you know, I guess the idea is maybe eventually the it'll come back. But no, you I know, don't th- I don't think it would. Yeah, but I I just what's the why would I gamble on that? I mean, granted, it wasn't a very expensive game, but still, it mm-hmm. was just the you know, it made me really mad that they would sell something that literally you can't do. Well, here's the thing because. You know, there's many other games that have apps that support them. We'll mm-hmm. talk about them in a bit. But that's the danger is that when you have a game that is dependent upon an app, mm-hmm. once the provider stops giving support for that online, uh-huh. that game is now worthless and you yeah. can't play it anymore. And I do know there are a few out there who have that. Mm-hmm. And I, as much as they may seem fun, will never buy those knowingly mm-hmm. because eventually I will want to return to the game and I'll be sad when I find out I can't, mm-hmm. you know? So like I get the fact that this game, it did have support. I'm sure a lot of people enjoyed it when it came out and when it was around and that's fun. I'm happy for you, but they really should not be selling this anymore. Mm-hmm. If you can't get the other component that is critical for it. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And you know, I think part of it is probably some of these companies, they never necessarily mean for it to go away, but Maybe, like, I'm sure the people who made Saint Noir, they probably thought this game was going to be a huge thing. Right. Well, then if it doesn't turn out to be a huge thing... Why am I wasting the service space? Why, do, why, do I, why am I wasting the service space? Why am I wasting the money that it would take to keep this up? Because mm-hmm. that's the other thing is, you know, with apps and with Alexa, as technology expands and grows, those things require updates to keep mm-hmm. them secure, to keep them working. Well, if what you've made isn't really financially helping you anymore why would you spend the money to develop right, it's something dead weight. yeah it's dead weight so you kind of see where that happens whereas you know a big company like um the company that owns ticket to ride they they can keep that up forever because it probably is really easy for them ticket and, to ride prints its own money yeah pretty much i will say there's another one that i did see that we haven't tried and it did kind of it opens up a realm of possibilities on what alexa can do mm-hmm. Um, and that is there's um, the Escape Room in a Box franchise, which they've had two. They had um, Experiment, uh, the Werewolf Experiment, which we've played with our friends. Oh, own. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's fun. And they came out with a, a one later that I think was like 80s themed. Well, um, 
since those have come out, they've actually created a way where Alexa can also kind of like interact and play, help you play it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if she provides a timer or hints or how that exactly works. Um, but I know that that is a possibility and that definitely opens up a, a realm of possibilities for the at home escape room games, right. um, being able to incorporate Alexa for mood music and hints and things like that. I think that there's a lot of, um, unexplored possibilities there. And I mean, some of the other companies do that as well. Like the unlocked ones, mm-hmm. you have to use the app to interact and make sure you solve the puzzles correctly. Uh-huh. And they also do have background music and atmosphere yeah. stuff to kind of set the mood as well which mm-hmm. is enjoyable yeah yeah i just think the not you know not maybe having to like always type things in and being able to kind of like interact with right. alexa like i think that offers a lot of possibility but you bring up a good point that there are apps out there as well that can either add to your gameplay control your gameplay mm-hmm. um or you know add little differences to your gameplay um for instance one that we've mostly done is clank yeah. Um, Clank has an app that comes that you can get. I believe it's free. Yeah, 100% free. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's by Renegade Games. And what's great is that it actually has like multiple um, games built into it, mm-hmm. including Clank, Clank in Space. Uh, I, I think, think their game Fuse is there, Lanterns. I forget the other one. A couple but, of their games that yeah. they make. But what's great is that for Clank, um, which has, I believe, many of the different expansions supported as well, uh, it will provide you with a, a dungeon quote lieutenant mm-hmm. that essentially gives you three tasks to do. Yeah. Of like, hey, whenever you click the big secret, click this button. Or whenever you don't take any cards from the adventure, click this button. And as you click those, you kind of start to like upset him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like, you know, if you do this, you're going to, you know, you're going to make him mad. But then eventually he will start punishing players for that. So it's an extra danger. And But also sometimes he can give rewards, too. That, that's the thing. He can give rewards or he can get punishments. You don't know what's going to yeah. happen. It's like playing with a jack-in-the-box. Uh-huh. And like you don't know exactly how many clicks it's going to take to, like, don't wake daddy. Mm-hmm. But when he wakes up, you know, is it going to be good? Is it going to yeah. be bad? Now, does that have a way to support, like, solo player as well? Well, first of all, that does support solo player or mm-hmm. it's the one to four, you know? Yeah. But what's also interesting is Clank in Space, which is on the same app, even gives you a solo player campaign Mm -hmm. that you can go through where it will tell you special setup things of only put out these two artifacts to Uh put or make sure that you have these board components because Clank in Space actually has a modular board where you can swap in and out different components Uh and vary the board each time. There's many different permutations where I can go. So it'll tell you, like, make it like this. Put those ones out. Here's your objective. You have to do this first. So it'll give you fun things. And then what's great is that it'll keep track of your score over the campaign. So mm-hmm. you can kind of, it's almost like a legacy thing, except you're not putting down stickers to permanently change. Uh-huh. You're just keeping track of your score. Yeah. And the thing is, I mean, Clank is a, your standard kind of card drafting board game, mm-hmm. right? So you don't need this app to play it. It it's just makes just, it better. Yeah. It's just this add-on that will add some variety to your play yeah. or add a better way to do single player or things like that it just adds on to the play i recommend it to those who have already played clank plenty of times Mm -hmm. you still love the game but like you just need something a little bit more and maybe like of course then i would first recommend 
the legacy game. But if you've already done that, or if you're not sure if you like the idea of a legacy game, but you just want to keep uh -huh. playing Basic Clank, yeah. but you want like some more direction or extra challenge on top of it, mm -hmm. I highly recommend this app, plus it's free. Yeah, exactly. There's there's no risk, right? It's free. So The only it's... risk is if you don't have enough data space in your phone, you got to delete a picture of your kid. Sorry, you know, I, I know what you look like when you walk. I can see it right now. I don't need to see your first one. Um, Why is your mother looking at me like that? Obviously, you know, there's a lot of the escape room um, in a box. Also, you know, the I don't want to say there is a there is a, a, a game called Escape Room in the Box. But the in general, this sort of box version escape yeah. rooms, um, a lot of those um, come with or have an app component. Um, I believe it's the Unlocked series mm -hmm. has an app. And that app adds a lot to it in terms of... You know, that's where you enter codes. It can play music. It can play recordings and it things like that. You, you may need. It can give you hints. Um, we played another one when we were at um, the um, Dice Tower. That was a board game thing, and it actually it required you to have an app because not only was it your timer, but it also showed you um, like the items you found and gave and, you better descriptions. Yeah, and when they went away if um, you use the item and stuff right. like that, so it acted as your inventory. That was called mystery. House. mystery house that's what it was i couldn't remember what it was called yeah and that was one we talked about for our um dice tower west um mm -hmm. episode where essentially it has two games or like two sets of cards mm -hmm. that are like you know each version of the game and like you kind of slide the things in on the top the hardest part about the game is learning how to set it up properly yeah <laughs> once you know how to do that it seems easy but like even still i bet you if i because i not only set it up twice for us but i also set it up for a couple mm -hmm. other people who happen to be like going like yeah we, we literally had walking. someone while we were playing it ask can you like let us play that after you and, and then I, I took it over to her and i was like here's how you set it up because yeah. this is a pain in the butt mm -hmm. but it's a very fun one you know and you can actually pick up the little house and like move you physically need to pick it up at eye level and move it around yeah so i highly recommend if you ever do get this game Get a bunch of textbooks and a lazy Susan. Yeah. <laughs> like a little spinning thing yeah. that you can just move around. In a way, like in these kind of games, um, to an extent, I mean, yes, the app kind of works as your countdown clock and your hints, but it's kind of acting as your game master in a yeah. way. Um, that's what the, the app does. Um, and, you know, some of them, I think the, the unlocked one does pretty well. I will say that both, I think both the unlocked one and that app um, drain your battery a lot. That's the one thing they I do. will say. Make sure that you have a nearby power source. Yeah, you're all juiced up. Mm -hmm. Another one that I think is interesting, this is one I've known about for a long, long mm -hmm. time, and I still use every now and then, is um, the Munchkin apps. There's oh, yeah. a thousand of them online. Uh -huh. They all do different things. Some are pay, some are free. Mm -hmm. So they do many different things, but the one thing I use them most for is just keeping track of how strong I am as a character. Yeah. Because you'd be surprised how quickly you forget, am I 34 or am I 43 for yeah. my strength? Because mm -hmm. with Munchkin, when you have like, you know, you're going from level one to level 10, but you have like all these plus five boots, plus four shield, all that stuff on you. And then you put down potions and stuff. It's very quickly and easily... Um, able to lose track of how big your number is mm -hmm. you know so yeah, for being sure. able to have an app on your phone that just 
I mean, they do have little, like, wheel scrolling counters uh-huh. that you can buy in the store that look nice and are themed with Munchkin. And that's great. But that's one more thing I have to put away. Yeah, yeah. You know? Meanwhile, and my then, phone's always with me. Yeah, and you might have to then buy enough so that everyone can have one. Right. And... But many apps will even let you keep track of multiple people's things. Uh-huh. Plus, like, you can keep track of the monster's score, yeah. you know? Yeah, so, as you're adding stuff to bump it up or take it down. If, if I were to take all the time I've spent recounting. <laughs> oh, yes. Like, the... <laughs> The monster's total or my total in the span of 30 seconds. Like, yeah. okay, I'm 43. The monster's, the monster's 80. What was I? Yeah. You know, and then you well, could do it again. If I take all that time, <laughs> I bet you I could get back at least three hours of my life. Oh, I know. Like, because I'm classic too, where you'll be like, what are you again? And I'll be like, hey, I just said it, but I don't remember now. Yeah. So, and then I have to count. And then, okay. And then two seconds later, oh, wait, what were you? Uh, I have to count. It's like <laughs> you know? the, if you ever wanted to be the living embodiment of that Zach Galifianakis uh, from the Hangover, where he has all the math numbers around yeah, his head, it's that's like that. Munchkin. That's Munchkin. <laughs> so you have that app. Um, there's a couple other ones as well that I would recommend. Um, there's one for the uh, Battlestar Galactica. Oh, which is a very popular game. We haven't played it. But... No, but I know for a fact that it is insane to set up. It's kind of like Risk, where mm-hmm. like, it takes a lot... So they have a thing that will just tell you, like, step by step, put this here, put that there. And then it'll help you set up things like the loyalty deck so you uh-huh. can know who's a traitor and who's not, you know, stuff like that. So a setup guide, mm-hmm. even if it's just that, thank you, Lord. Yeah. You know, I, I will gladly take that. And another one um, was for a Betrayal at House on the Hill. Uh, there's many different apps out there for, like, how it looks. So, uh-huh. like, I'd also find one that you think looks nice. Mm-hmm. But some of them will go as simple as just keeping track of um, your character's numbers for the different stats they have. Uh-huh. And if you get a, an item, you can move it up or down. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Other ones will even give you your own little pocket trader slash haunt guide. Mm-hmm. So like you can constantly refer to that on your phone of like, what am I supposed to be doing? What's the end result for like this second half of the game? Uh-huh. You know, So you can always have that right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's pretty handy as, you know, yeah. having those quick references as well. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, I think often when we think of apps... We think of playing the game in the app, but there's a lot of these companion apps that can just make it easier, can add an extra layer of difficulty or just something new to the game, right. which is great when you're maybe have played a game a lot and are looking for, you like the game, but you just need a new challenge, right? Exactly. Um, I think these apps can kind of add on. I'm definitely you know curious to see where these go. Like I said, with I think... They've just now started dipping their toes into how Alexa can interact with these escape room at home mm-hmm. games. Um, so I'm really curious to see where that goes. Um, and the, the cool thing is, you know, um, a lot of the app, the skills and apps in Alexa and in your app stores, a lot of those are things that anyone can necessarily create. You know, if you have the know-how, you can create them and sell them. Oh, sure. It's not like only the comp- only certain companies can do it or only certain people can do it. Um, I don't know so, how to do it, but someone else can. Yeah, do it. exactly. Like I don't, I don't know how to create one, but I mean, I know that the technology is there. They have programs and stuff that can teach you how to do this. Um, so you know, anyone can kind of create a board game that uses Alexa, or you know, these different um, escape rooms that use Alexa. So like the the possibilities are just as creative as people can be, basically. No, I agree. And I'm looking forward to see what the future has for here. I uh-huh. hope it continues to develop and thrive. Yeah. Like I said, some of them had really great ideas behind mm-hmm. them, but it just wasn't fully executed the way it should have been. Yeah. But there's a lot of strong potential. Yeah. Yeah. AKA um, St. Noir, if you're listening, we would we want to love your game. 
<laughs> we would love to help you make it better. <laughs> Hit me up for ideas. Yeah. I will help you rewrite that game. <laughs> really. Um, because it, it's a beautiful game and it's a great idea. It's just, it's it's missing something, I think. Mm-hmm. So um, so let's get, move on to our dice roll. Alexa, start dice roll. Here goes nothing. Hope I roll a critical hit. So everybody is still, at the time we're recording this at least, at home. Um, You know, there's some of the restrictions are getting um, relaxed a little bit, but people are still kind of being told that you should probably stay at home, um, avoid contact and things like that. And we know that for some of you with kids, this is more challenging than it is. I mean, I have a giant kid in Greg here. But other than that, I don't have... We get ice cream after this? <laughs> yes, you can have ice cream after this. Yay! <laughs> um, but for some of you, I know the struggle is real. Um, so even though we did, in one of our very first episodes, not our very first, I think it was, may have been our second episode, we talked about kind of games that um, you can play with your kids that maybe not aren't necessarily kids' games. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought, you know, enough time has passed that I thought we could quickly revisit that topic with a couple games that we own that we think you could easily play with your kids and that you would still enjoy as an adult. Right. Um, so one of those is a recent acquisition that we have with Sword Crafters. Mm-hmm. So Sword Crafters is you you each are exa- essentially building a sword based on like gem colors and what's available and you're trying to make certain patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously the idea of building a 3D sword is right right away a kid favorite, I think. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean that's just like the markers in teachers' room. Yeah, where you, like try to build the but it, it like falls apart because it can't support stuff. But these hold together. Yeah, so you can swing it around. <laughs> There's varying levels of strategy to it as mm-hmm. well. You know, because you're trying to get you know certain rows of certain colors. You want the most of a certain color. Right. Things like that. So it's kind of like you know maybe a kid can't necessarily do all of them Mm -hmm. but you know i think kids could still understand what it is you know okay you need to get the most yellows to me okay that you know what i mean like it's not a hard concept for kids here's the thing when when i was a kid Mm -hmm. my parents didn't play board games with me too often Mm -hmm. and i mean yeah there were the times where they did play candyland with me when i was younger to you know because he's a kid he likes to play candyland or whatever but a lot of the games that I remember playing with my dad were the ones where he could teach me something along with it. Yeah. And a lot of parents right now are struggling to do some kind of a homeschooling mm-hmm. thing, right? And in games, that's one way in which people learn the best. Yeah, so exactly. in this game, Sword Crafters, there is a critical thinking skill that you can teach your child mm-hmm. of understanding the wants of others. Mm-hmm. Because in this game, for Sword Crafters, you have tiles laid out in a 4 by 5 grid. So there's 20 tiles on the board Mm -hmm. and they all will have some kind of a draw to them, right? Some of them will have an emerald on it. One of them will have the first player token. Other ones might just be blank and have nothing. And that's all it's going to do. Just build up your sword, but it's not going to give you points, Mm -hmm. right? And players take turns cutting that in half and dividing the pile smaller and smaller. So you have to strategically decide, how do I divide this so that he'll want this one and I can keep these over here. Uh Because my goal says I want amethyst. Mm -hmm. How do I make it so that I can get all these amethysts and you can still maybe, okay, well, I see you want rubies. If I put all the rubies over here, you'll want that. Then I can have this bigger pile of Uh amethysts. So you can teach them the critical thinking skill of reading other people's strategies Mm -hmm. 
and figuring out what they want. Or like you could teach them about compromise. Mm -hmm. You know, like I know I cannot get everything, but if I give you this, maybe you will let me keep that. Yeah. Well, and also I think the, because you do have, you have your own goals and then you Mm -hmm. have the goals that are kind of on the table. It also kind of can, you can teach them. Like I said, it it can be very easy where it's just, you need to get as many yellow as possible, or they could be a little bit more tricky, but it kind of shows them to balance two different needs. Right. And kind of balancing, okay, well I do need yellows, but I also need to do this. So I need Mm -hmm. to think strategically about how I'm doing that. And I mean, that's what, you know, games kind of do is they teach us strategy. They teach it. They can teach kids a lot of different skills and then they're fun. Um, So your kid's going to have a good time while learning and you can have a good time with them. And then you can discuss afterwards what choices they did or did not make Mm -hmm. and how, if they had, how that was a good choice and how it could have been improved upon. You mm-hmm. know? Another one I think is a good one that's a reason acquisition for us that's a good teaching tool for kids is Quirky Circuits. Another yes, one we definitely. learned about at uh, Dice Tower West. Yeah. Where in this one, you were playing cards to program the movement of a cute little robot. Mm-hmm. right? So it's very family friendly, very kid cute yeah. and aesthetic. Um, but the thing is that I'm putting down a card that just says it turns. Mm-hmm. But you don't know which way it's going to turn. Yeah, it I know it's turn a turn left, card. It could turn right. But... It could turn completely around. Mm-hmm. You don't know. Yeah. And we are constantly playing cards back and forth to tr- program this robot to move in a certain way. We all know what the objective is and we're working together. So I think that would help teach kids both memory. Mm-hmm. Because you have to remember, what have we already played? Probability. All the robots have so many cards of each type, and you can clearly see the list of, like, it only has four move-forward cards. Mm-hmm. We've already seen three of those. Do you really think that's another move-forward card, or could it be another kind of card? Could it be a sideways card or a backwards card? Uh-huh. You know? So it could teach you probability like that. And um, even though you're not supposed to communicate... Which is hard. ...during that game, for younger kids, mm-hmm. I would say you can communicate. You just can't say exactly what it is. Yeah. You know? So you can help them practice... Um, limited communication, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you're not just blurting out everything. Yeah, and once again, it's all about teaching them kind of a reason and mm-hmm. keeping track and paying attention. Right. And and you know what's funny is both of these games we've just talked about they are like games that kids can really get into, but they can also be very deceptively hard games even for adults. Oh yeah, you know, like so it's it's funny that a game that can be so simple can also be so deceptively hard. Yeah, it's amazing how quickly that becomes. The truth, yeah, how yeah. it will surprise you really fast. You yeah, know? exactly. Um, along with Quirky Circuits, which um, is created um, by one of our favorite uh, Plaid Hat games, mm-hmm. they also have another one that's really fun that we like um, called Stuffed Fables. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of getting kids into kind of the RPG role-playing field mm-hmm. um, where you have a child's um, stuffed toys that are going on these adventures. And it's kind of cool how they do it. They A lot of these games that they have – they, the board is actually your your book. Yeah. Um, so you lay out the book and you're playing on the book, but then you also have all your rules and flavor text right there as well. So that's kind of a clever little way to do that. And it's like a D&D for beginners. Yeah. Where all the abilities are dumbed down to one or two things. Mm-hmm. Honestly, you can't ever die. You can maybe get knocked out for a turn uh-huh. or two, but then you're going to get right back up. Yeah. You're almost guaranteed to win. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, there's a better ending than, like, the ending. Yeah. But, like, you're going to get through it. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of how hard it is. And yeah. there's also 
branching story paths Mm -hmm. where you might decide to ride the red wagon down the hill or you might decide to instead float down the paper boat Mm -hmm. down the river you know that's your choice and depending how it goes you build your own adventure you know so or even if you fail a thing like oh i didn't catch the toy train in time well then i guess we're walking yeah you know (laughs) yeah yeah but it's it's another just cute one you know like i said if you especially if you're someone who's really into like D D or any of those things but maybe you have kids that aren't really ready for that mm-hmm. yet um this is a good way to start getting them interested and start getting their them to be more imaginative and kind of imagining these things playing out rather than actually just having to see them playing out yeah um another one that's actually a favorite of mine is um potion explosion and there's a, cu- a couple of reasons i think it's good for kids first of all it has this contraption that you build out of cardboard mm-hmm. when you get the game that you put a bunch of marbles in and they it's constantly scrolling these marbles down and you have to pull a marble from it and then the marbles connect and it causes what they call an explosion and you take more. Right. Um, but visually and kind of it's so appealing and it's so like fun, this idea of this little thing. Plus contraption. it's a tactile thing to play with marbles. Yeah, fun. exactly. It, it looks really cool. I just think visually it's something that kids are going to like right away want to play. Um, and Harry be excited Potter. about <laughs> yeah they're gonna be really excited about it and you know it has a lot of kind of resource management and being very um, analytical in your thinking on what you pull um, and it's something like I've gotten really good at it at figuring out okay well if those two hit mm-hmm. this will give me that and seeing these patterns yeah right? it also helps you do pattern recognition mm-hmm. and understanding chain reactions yeah and creating your own combinations of things because mm-hmm. you can once you have a potion completed, based upon what kind of potion it was, you can do a special thing like, oh, I can now take out one of these things for free. Or I could take all the ones of the same color in a row right here. Or uh-huh. whatever, whatever. Yeah. But by doing that, that doesn't count as your turn. Mm-hmm. It's an extra thing. So then you can set yourself up to have an even better turn. Exactly. So then you can chain, 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 uh-huh. you know, all these different explosions together because I was able to set up the board uh-huh. so yeah. that that could happen. Yeah, so it, it, it teaches you the practice of, like, foresight. Mm-hmm. Of, like, I see that this is a possibility. Here's the pattern. How do I get there? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's something like I told you about when we were playing it too. Is you know the one of them it only lets you take one, one item like mm-hmm. for free, and it's that might seem like something very weak and like well, what what good is just one marble gonna do? But the fact that you can use that to set up something much bigger, that's where it comes in handy, and that's why like when we go through the elimination process of which potions we're not going to use in that game. Right. Um, I never eliminate that one because it's actually really useful. <laughs> and see, I didn't think about that. I was kind of having, oh, it's one, who cares? Yeah, exactly. But it's actually one of the more powerful ones because yeah. it's, it's more precise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the last one that I think is especially cute for kids, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of the things that many people like to do, especially in the summer, is go on a little trip somewhere, mm-hmm. including the zoo. Can't do that right now. So why not play a game of Zoo Loretta? <laughs> where you are essentially recruiting animals to come to your zoo or carts for the food stands uh-huh. or even just getting paid money. Mm-hmm. And once again, it kind of like with sword crafters, it teaches you about compromise and it teaches you about thinking of other people's strategy. Yeah. Because I had to look at Lauren's zoo and say like, well, there's only four pins yet there's about six or seven animals species. So, Lauren and I most likely going to have some overlap. Like, we both might have kangaroos, right? But I can look at a truck and say, oh, well, that has kangaroos and flamingos and a panda. She has all three of those. Mm-hmm. She probably wants that. Yeah. Right? But meanwhile, this one's empty. And 
I can keep putting stuff on there, but if I just keep putting money on there, she might just take that. Mm-hmm. So how do I entice her to take the one that I don't want? Because yeah. I don't have room for panda bears in my mm-hmm. zoo. If I take that, that panda bear is just going in the barn and it's going to do me nothing. Mm-hmm. So how do I convince her by putting other things on that truck, you should really take this. Uh-huh. Should I essentially put money there yeah. to buy Lauren to take that, you know? Yeah, yeah, well, and also the strategy of, you know, kind of risk and reward. Should I wait to see if something better comes out or should mm. I just take what I need right, right it's now? It's also a push in your luck mechanic yeah. because you could just, I see a cart that's two thirds full. Mm-hmm. It has an animal I want and it has a dollar. I can just, and keep in mind, money in this is very rare but yeah. super useful mm-hmm. so that one dollar can make a big difference in your game yeah. so should i just take that now or should i push and maybe get one more token and put it on there mm-hmm. but then someone else might want it yeah so or i could or i could poison it and put oh a panda great i didn't need that mm-hmm. now i have to take this you know yeah so it's yeah it's pressing your luck as well and learning when do you accept what's good enough mm-hmm. yeah so i mean i think those are all games that not only will your kids enjoy that maybe a little bit off the beaten path of, you know, your old shoots and ladders and Candyland, um, they're games that can be used as teaching tools. Mm-hmm. Um, and most importantly, they're games that you're going to enjoy playing with your kids. Um, because most adults don't enjoy Candyland. I mean, I just put it out there. Candyland teaches us about diabetes type two. <laughs> uh, shoots and ladders teaches you about gravity and <laughs> yeah. coefficients of friction. Just saying. But enough about science for me and uh, kindergarten games. Let's instead go to something a bit more advanced. Let's go to our escape room report. Alexa, begin remote escape room. I'm having a little trouble with this combination lock. Can I get a hint? So right now, we can't go to any escape rooms, sadly. Well, I I can, but it's locked. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But something that a lot of um, escape rooms across the country and um, out of the country have started doing is they've started offering different ways to do remote virtual adventures. Mm -hmm. And these can be lots of, these can be done lots of different ways. Um, They can be kind of just a Google Doc that's kind of a paper-based, kind of like what um, Escape This Podcast does. Fantastic show, by the way. If you guys have not listened to that, Mm -hmm. they recently did a time travel-like season where Greg is the villain. (laughs) Go listen to it. They can be kind of um, where it's you see the room and you're kind of pointing and clicking around. Um, They can also be kind of what they consider like an avatar based where the game master is in the room and you are essentially telling them what to do Mm -hmm. in the room. So we um, had wanted to try one of these, not only because we want to play escape rooms and we can't, um, but also just the, the idea of this and the possibilities it opens up to were very um, interesting. Right. And the fact that we could play some rooms that we would never get to play otherwise. Geographically. Geographically. Yeah. Yeah. So we looked at a couple different options, and we um, came across uh, the Escape Game, um, which is actually a um, a pretty popular company. They have tons of locations all across the country. All across the country, they do have a San Francisco location, but that's the closest one that um, we would have here in California. We don't get up there that often, and we don't get up there that often. So the chances that we would ever really get to do one of their rooms is very unlikely. So um, we were able to play um, an adventure at one of their Texas locations. Um, and we did the heist. And they host this um, via Zoom. Um, and it's, I think, $25 a person. 
Um, and I think it goes up to eight people yes. altogether. Seven or eight. Yeah. So we were able to um, convince some of our friends to join us. And basically all of our friends joined from Zoom mm-hmm. from the comfort of their own homes. Um, we were connected at the time of our, our game start to the game master who she kind of explained all the rules to us. Um, we were given, in addition, a link to kind of a uh, website outside of Zoom. Right. That was kind of a, like a dashboard for us to use. I loved that. Yeah, no, that was very clever. And basically what that did is it had a couple things. One, it showed us our intro video, which was really a well-done little mm-hmm. video that kind of introduced us to the theme. Um, it had a kind of 360 um, uh, tour of the room where we could kind of click through it, much like you might have if you've ever looked at real estate online. It yeah. was kind of that idea. Um, and then it also had our inventory list, which would kind of show us anything that we might have seen or picked up along the way. And as those things were used or no longer relevant, they would disappear off of our inventory. So it helps you keep track of the one and done rule. Yeah, yeah. And, and also because, you know, then what happens is within the Zoom call itself, we're able to see um, kind of the our avatar, so to speak, of the game master in the room. And he's walking around with a camera on his head so we can see whatever he is seeing. And he can interact with things that we ask him to interact what with. What was kind of cool about it is it kind of fulfilled a fantasy of mine where in the movie True Lies, you have mm-hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's the agent in the field, and you have Tom Arnold, who's the guy in the van. I kind of always wanted to be the guy in the van. I think that sounds like a cool job, uh-huh. you know, like of being like, okay, if you go pull this down, look at that. So we got to be that because yeah. essentially they said he was the field agent. Yeah, he had a Decepticon tattoo on his arm, so I nicknamed him Codename Starscream, <laughs> and he was like thumbs up to the camera. And I'm like, yeah, Agent Starscream. We did keep messing with him because like at one point he opened something and you could see into the next room, but it was very small, so he could just kind of get his hand in, and we kept being like, you just have to try harder. You can get through this. <laughs> aren't you able to shift your size yeah <laughs> do make make yourself smaller but like one of the things is he would look at it was so it's kind of like this museum we were in right and so there's plaques under the the paintings and so he would kind of read them to us but then they would appear in our inventory so that we could refer back to them without and having read to them him, in greater detail yeah, yeah look at them in greater detail without making him have to completely reread them again which was super nice or at one point you know he had to go through the pictures with a magnifying glass and um once we found the item with the magnifying glass that would also appear in our inventory to show us so we didn't have to remember what was on the painting right and he made sure to go not too fast, not too slow as he's doing the magnifying glass. He would kind yeah. of slowly scan top left and kind of back like and forth to the bottom the right. Yeah, and let us find it. And if I said, like, at one point I thought I saw something, but I didn't. But I said, uh-huh. wait, wait, go back to the girl's shoulder. And he went back. Mm-hmm. No, they said, okay, keep going. And then he kept going. Yeah. yeah. The only downside to it, though, was we are six people controlling one avatar. For sure. So there was times where normally we would have split up. You will go focus on that puzzle. I will go focus on this puzzle. Mm-hmm. It can't quite do that, but the saving grace was that dashboard with our inventory yeah. because anytime a puzzle or a clue came up, it was put into there. Mm-hmm. So at one point, all the rest of you followed his video to go check out some back room area that we had That we hadn't up. really looked at very but well. But there was this one puzzle that I saw that had like hieroglyphics on it. Mm-hmm. And I, I just told everybody, I'm not going to be paying attention to the live feed. I'm going to be focusing on this. Yeah. Because I know I can get this figured out. But so whatever you guys, and also I look up and you guys, like he's like putting jigsaw puzzle pieces and something. Like, What'd you guys get the jigsaw puzzle pieces from? Because <laughs> I'm literally like not paying attention. Uh-huh. It's amazing how even though it's right in front of you, 
if your focus is so hard into this one picture, yeah. you're not going to pay but attention. That, I mean, like we said, it, it, it's frustrating because we couldn't quite split up. And I think had we been there in person, able to split up, we w- definitely would have gotten through this room a lot faster yeah. had we been there physically. Um, but because of the dashboard, you still were able in some ways to kind of split off and work on different things. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe not to the extent you would normally be able to, but you still were able to in a sense. Yeah. The other thing that was kind of interesting is, so we were kind of going along in the beginning and we kind of got stuck, which can sometimes happen, especially in the beginning of Room, where it's just like, I need like this one thing to like launch me off, right. you know? And so we were kind of stuck and so we asked for a hint and she said, oh, well, did you try like touching these things? And it was kind of funny because we said later, you know, we didn't even consider it, but had we been in the room, we would have done yeah, that. Yeah, we would have tried we would have done that first. twisting that. Yeah, we would have touched those immediately. Yeah, but it's just because we're so remote Yeah. with the physical presence, mm-hmm. like... It, it's almost like it didn't occur to us that, oh, that's an option we have. Yeah, exactly. My option was just look at this. Yeah. I definitely feel, too, that we became more comfortable and more um, all participating as we went along. Yeah. At there the was definitely a learning curve. I felt like curve. I was the leader. And like, yeah. So I was like, like, I was telling myself, like, cool, you Jets, dude. Like, other people are playing, you know, like. Well, yeah. And it just, I think, because in the beginning it was so different and odd. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, several times throughout the game, you know, someone would figure out something or someone would say, hey, what about this? And it would be like, oh, yeah, we forgot about that. Let's go do that, you know? Right. So it, everyone started to contribute and it started to feel more like an escape room experience as it went on. Mm-hmm. I think we all got more comfortable with this different way of doing an escape right. room. Meanwhile, I'm used to playing video games, so this guy was just another ca- character that I was controlling, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I've even played games where I couldn't have a joystick. I had to, like, say into a microphone, like, hey, Pikachu, <laughs> go play with the TV. And he would do it, you know? So, I, yes, I play, hey, you, Pikachu. So, <laughs> so I, I was kind of at home with this, mm-hmm. you know? I just It was a matter of, yeah, just figuring out what is and is not an option. Yeah. Like, at one point, um, there is a statue mm-hmm. that has parts of it that can be removed mm-hmm. and like because we never asked him to directly look at that statue not close up we would not have found that at all mm-hmm. and then it was kind of like i forget who but like either the either starscream or the game master the was game like, master finally hey did you ever look at that statue isn't this bow he's holding kind of weird yeah you know? exactly like, oh yeah. yeah the bow he's holding is kind of weird we did have to the the game master did kind of um intercede at one point because there was something that we we couldn't really you know i think she kind of foresaw that we couldn't really because we weren't there and we couldn't interact with it and see it with our own eyes we weren't aware that it could be manipulated right. I will say there was two moments during this gameplay in which we did very briefly, very briefly lose connection yeah, with Agent Starscream. But very, very briefly. The one time his camera went black, but it was like, basically, by the time the Game Master said something, it came back. Yeah. Like, she was like, oh, it looks like we've, and then it came back. Um, the other time, she even noticed it before. She said, oh, it looks like he's glitching out a little bit and you aren't able to hear him. Mm. But like the minute she said that, it came back. So, right. so we did have some technical difficulties, mm-hmm. but they righted themselves quickly. Yeah. Um, we did, for the most part, um, our two, um, our friends who joined us, they were just using like one computer. Mm-hmm. You and I decided to split off and both use separate computers yeah. just to see um, how if that made a difference in our gameplay. 
Um, I think in a way that might be good because, you know, because the other problem is the inventory is you could only kind of look at one thing at a time in the inventory. Mm -hmm. So our friends could have kind of split up their efforts a little bit. But, you know, that also might, we have really strong internet and, you know, we've worked very hard to get that strong internet. (laughs) Or we didn't used to have very strong internet. So that might not be a possibility for everyone because you got to think, okay, it might use a lot more bandwidth and things like that. If I had realized it, I might have actually considered coming over to Mm -hmm. your station, just putting my screen full on inventory. Uh, True. That probably would have been been better, I think. But we didn't think to do that. But we still managed to do it fine. Mm -hmm. Just I would recommend either having as big of a screen as you can. So if you could even like cast your your computer screen onto your TV, Mm -hmm. that would be better. So that way you can get a better view of the room around you. Yeah, I wish in a way, um, other than the fact that my my camera doesn't work very well on my, my desktop, I have... I have an all-in-one desktop computer, mm-hmm. and I have a very large screen. You do. So I could have had a really nice split screen going on um, had I been using that one. Other than that, though, it was a fantastic experience. I highly yeah. recommend it. Just understand, though, that um, this is a new concept that people are trying, so it's different. Some places will charge you per screen, not per player. Yeah, and some of them, it's a flat rate. Some of them, this was one of the few ones we saw where it was like, per person mm-hmm. um a lot of the other ones we saw were a flat fee they were a little bit more expensive than i would have thought um some of them you know it was kind of like i'm paying the same as i would pay to actually be to there. actually be there and i'd rather actually be there you right. know so at first i was kind of a little like uh, you know am i really willing to pay the same amount for this kind of situation um, I, I was a little concerned. So $25, that's, that's a little bit cheaper than what we normally, especially right in more recent times, uh, mm-hmm. prices have kind of gone up on escape rooms. Right. So that's cheaper than what we would normally pay at first. I was very concerned that we weren't going to get our money's worth, mm-hmm. you know, and I was a little worried. Um, but I think, you know, it, it was a really good experience and I think the room was really good. I do think that there is, um, you know, it's new for the game masters too, so you could tell, like, even they were kind of, like, new to this whole right. idea, you know? And so, and they were having to kind of troubleshoot because, like, a couple times um, our friends couldn't see something in the inventory and they had to, like, refresh and stuff. So she had to kind of provide, like, technical support as well. But you know what? It didn't break the game. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I started a timer on my phone uh-huh. as soon as the game started. As soon as she said time start. Yeah. And then later on, I saw that she had clearly given us a couple extra minutes mm-hmm. because of technical difficulties. Yeah. So it's not like they're going to be like, and an hour, sex to be you. Yeah, like, exactly. Um, they, um, the other thing to consider if you're looking at these remote adventures is one, the good thing is you can do ones out of state. You could do ones out of country. I've heard, saw some really cool ones out of country. We were just worried that we didn't want to, we didn't want to have to like really think about the time differences and we didn't want to be like playing it first thing in the morning or or late at night. Some of them do say like, give us at least two days in advance notice so we can make sure we have an English speaking game. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it was really neat to be able to do a room that we never would have gotten to do otherwise. They do have, um, a couple ones. They have a, um, they have one that was like ruins. They have one that's about ruins and a forbidden treasure and it looks really awesome. I really wanted to do that one, but we actually, I wasn't sure cause I wasn't really seeing it being offered very often. And when we talked to our game master, she said, oh, it's being offered just as much. It's just so popular that it books out way in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely think we'll be kind of trying to keep our eye out and maybe be able to do that one because it looks like a yeah. lot of fun. Um, they also have a gold rush room and the room looks really cute from the pictures. So, you know, in some ways I'm sad that we wouldn't actually get to 
be there to do it. But exactly. at the same time, we're not in Texas, so we wouldn't have gotten to do it anyway. So might as well do it virtually, right? Yeah. And I mean, this also is a way for me to even go and try to connect with my family and do stuff like that because they're on the other side mm-hmm. of the country. Yeah. Or I was even thinking, you know, we mentioned at the top of this podcast that we're working uh, on this other podcast with friends. They too are spread out over California. And we yeah, we could do it all know, with them. So we could do it all with them. So it kind of really opens up the possibilities of who you can do escape rooms with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to doing a lot more remotely. Yeah. No, I, I kind of hope that some places kind of keep this around. I mean, as much as I miss actually doing an escape room, and while I don't think I would ever like this more. No, I would prefer being there in person, but yeah. this is a good enough substitute. Yeah, exactly. And if it allows me to do rooms in places I might not go, then all the that's better. all yeah. the better. Yeah, for sure. So once again, that was the escapegame.com that we mm-hmm. went to. Yeah. So let us now move on to our Friday favorites. Alexa, tell us what Friday's favorites are. My Friday favorite is Ticket to Ride. And no, Gregory, I never cheat. So for my Friday favorite, um, on our other podcast, Movie Date Night, we've been doing, or I've been doing as a side project, uh, releasing a James Bond fantasy draft, where we're going through all the different movies for Sha- for Roger Moore. And, you know, we select different parts and kind of scoring points. So because I'm on this big James Bond kick and I'm a big fan anyways, I've been playing a lot of the legendary James Bond card game. And what's fun about that is it's mixing four different films. You have Casino Royale with Daniel Craig, Goldfinger with Sean Connery, The Man with the Golden Gun with Roger Moore, and GoldenEye with Pierce Brosnan. And you can actually mix and match. So you can have Pierce Brosnan along with... Uh, uh, Mary Goodnight from The Man with the Golden Gun facing off against Goldfinger. And you know, and you have like the Goldfinger car, but then you have the Casino Royale gadgets. It's it's a fun way to kind of mix and match and have your own little fantasy movie going through. It's a deck building game and it's a cooperative deck building game. So if I do have anyone playing with me, then we can all work together to defeat the villain. But if not, it does have special rules for solo. So um, it's kind of one of those ones that does have a good scaling system based upon how many people you have. And it's honestly one of the most balanced scaling systems I've seen, where it, it takes into consideration all the different parts of the deck and or all the different parts of the different decks and tells you how many you should have for each category based upon how many players you have. It's not just this one or two themes go up, everything kind of scales up and down. And that's what makes it more enjoyable, I think, because it really, they took the time to fine hone in exactly how each game should play based upon how many players are there. But I will say, in watching you kind of play that game, they, there you have had some frustrations. We mentioned at one point that there's a token that they don't, they don't they give you a tracker, but nothing to track with. Right. Um, and there's other things that you've kind of had to like figure out what right. they meant and stuff. So I do think if you are interested in this game and you're having any issues, reach out to us because Greg's been playing this a lot. Oh, I'm and, master of this game now, and he he he's finally gotten it dialed in so i think he can definitely help you if you're having difficulty the most important thing in this game is make sure that one of your decks is fight heavy you know so it has the three slashes to say that's going to fight and make sure that one of your decks has the ability to ko 
cards in your hand, as in remove them from your deck, because mm -hmm. the most important thing in this game is to build up a strong deck with new cards and then get rid of your old weaker ones as fast as you can. You want to burn those away because that is the one thing that will kill you in this game is, oh, another starter card, and I'm like round seven. Like, why do I still see these? Like, these should not be coming up. For my Friday favorite, um, I'm going with something that's a, a recent acquisition, but that we played... Um, at Dice Tower originally. So obviously I'm a big fan of plaid hat games and we have several of them. And I had seen quirky circuits around, um, but I hadn't really, um, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't, we had didn't buy it. You know, sometimes their games can be a little expensive. And so when we went to Dice Tower and I saw it there, I was like, okay, here, this is a good chance for us mm -hmm. to play this. And at first, when we first like opened it, I was like, ooh, I think this is gonna be way too kiddy. Like this is too much of a kid's game. Right. Um, but then we actually started playing it and I realized how deceptively hard it is. Um, well, and it's, it gets, it's very easy at first, but mm -hmm. then it scales up yeah. quickly. And so the idea is you are um, pre-programming movement for some kind of robot, right? Mm -hmm. But you can't communicate with your partner. So you're putting down these cards to pre-program the movement, but you're kind of having to just... Um, use your critical thinking to kind of figure out what cards have come, what cards have passed. You have mm -hmm. to basically you have to be a card counter, um, yeah. and what if what you think they would do, right? So if I put down two forward cards, you have to kind of anticipate. Okay, she's probably going this way, mm -hmm. and then to meet our goal, I need to put down these cards, and I think we'll end up here, so I should put down this card, um, and then later as you go on, there's like malfunctions which can really add an extra layer of um complication to because these. you have to play those you have to play them and it you know it's like okay well we know we want to go this way but which malfunction did he get that i now how can i kind of overcome that malfunction right because you have to take account for yeah it. so like one of the ones you start out with is basically a little cat riding kind of like a roomba and it's picking up like dust mites. And so you have to program it to pick up all the dust mites. Mm -hmm. um, then you move on to the bee. And the bee is going around picking up seed packets and then taking them to certain places and yeah, dropping them. Yeah, putting them in them. flower pots and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then we haven't really gotten beyond there. I know one is like a robot that's doing some kind of cooking. One's like a dog that's like digging for bones. Digging for bones or something. But it's it's one again, once again, like other plaid hat games like Mice and Mystics or Stuff Fables like super cute mm -hmm. super cute um but, but deeper than you but think. deeper than you think yeah it seems like just this very simple kids game and it really isn't i mean i do think kids can play it and i think it would teach them a lot of things um but i think it's something that adults can really enjoy like don't be turned off by the seeming cuteness and simplicity no of it. definitely yeah like and like we said we can definitely use it to teach kids things for sure yeah but at the same time like the further you go the more complicated it yeah gets. make but sure also, you as the adult understand it enough to yeah so definitely don't <laughs> skip ahead with that one if they say i want to play with the dog okay we're gonna put the dog in the cat level because that's you know. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i think that does it for this episode but we hope um that all of our listeners are out there staying safe and that you are finding fun ways to still play games and mm -hmm. still interact with one another. Uh, music for this episode is Mega Rest by TwinMusic.com. You can find us anywhere podcasts are available. However, rates and reviews on iTunes are much appreciated as it helps new listeners find our podcast. We can be found at Game Friday on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So come talk games with us. Thanks for playing, everybody. Alexa, say goodbye. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Goodbye. Goodbye.